to prom last night. I'm not talking about the Clinton High School prom. I'm talking about the First Christian Church prom. If you went to prom last night, wave at me right now. We had a great time out at Little Galilee. Aaliyah Burton did an awesome job. Is Aaliyah here? I don't know if she's here or not, but she did an awesome job putting it all together, and I had a blast. There's video floating around that I'm praying will not make its way to the screens at First Christian Church, but we had a really good time, a lot of fun, and thank you to Aaliyah and crew for making that happen. We're missing a lot of our junior hires today. They're not with us because they went to CIY Believe this weekend in Indianapolis, and then last night made the short journey up to Fort Wayne, and they are worshiping this morning at the Christ Church of Georgetown, where Ernie Harvey is on staff. So they had a kind of a special added bonus to the weekend, and we want to pray safe travels on their, their journey back this afternoon. Because of that, there's no junior high youth group tonight, and the high school students will be traveling to Mount Pulaski Christian Church for a very special session with Kent Paris, and they're going to leave from the parking lot at 4.30. It's going to be from 5 to 7 at Mount Pulaski, and the high school students should be back by 7.30. Highly recommend that if you have high school students, uh, maybe your grandchildren are high schoolers, they will really be blessed by, uh, by what's going to take place tonight at Mount Pulaski Christian Church. VBS, we're continuing the sign-up for VBS, and many of you signed up last week, and I say thank you very much, but many more needs are, still exist. So if you can help, we'd love to get you plugged in. If you look at the sheet and you're not really sure what you want to do or where you can be used most, seek myself out. Verna Brown is here, Betty Deffenbaugh. Anybody that's on the VBS team, they would love to find a place to plug you in. Believe it or not, it's just two months away. This Saturday, Intentional Church Conference, First Christian Church in Decatur is hosting it, but all of the Central Illinois Independent Christian Churches play a part in this event. Really excited that Gene Apple is coming from Southern California to be our featured speaker. Some of you will remember his father, Leon Apple, was the longtime preacher at Lincoln Christian Church and then president at Lincoln Christian College and Seminary. Gene, uh, Gene is one of my favorite speakers, and we're really blessed to have him with us this Saturday. You can go, and you can go for free. So if you'd like to know more information about that, seek me out. And then this is the last announcement, I promise. We have a ton of announcements today. I'm in Rotary, as are many of you, and we are sponsoring a fundraiser chicken dinner in a week and a half. Why am I saying you should buy tickets to a fundraiser chicken dinner? They benefit the local food pantries, and First Christian Church's food pantry will benefit from this fundraising event, and I really hope that you will buy a ticket. It's a drive through chicken dinner. Guys, it's a great way to cook supper that night, not to mention it is an awesome, awesome meal. That's Wednesday, April 24. We'll have tickets in the foyer. Karen Rice will be there after first service. We really started this sermon series on Easter Sunday morning. I didn't tell you it was a part of this sermon series, but it really was. When we looked at Nicodemus, and we looked at his life, and we looked at his transformation, how he went from being a fan of Jesus to a sold out, no matter what, forsake it all for the sake of the, the call, Christ follower. That, that was Easter Sunday. Last week, the big idea was DTR, define the relationship. And I challenged you to define your relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you a fan? Are you a follower? Or are you in process of moving from fan to follower? And three questions we threw out really help us understand where we're at in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Why are you here? Are you all in? And do you own it? Do you have a faith of your own? And, and, and the jumping off verse, really the verse that connects this entire seven-week series together, is 
Luke 9.23, where Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And every week we're going to look at a different aspect of this verse and really what it means. What are the ramifications for you and for me and our lives of faith? But this morning I want to focus on just one word in Luke 9.23. And it's the second word in Luke 9.23. What did Jesus mean when he said anyone? What did he mean when he said anyone? If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I believe that Jesus Christ in the first century offered an open invitation to anyone and everyone, and I believe that that open invitation exists this morning. And yet many of us living in America 2013, we've become somewhat cynical. We've become somewhat skeptical when we hear that word, anyone. And so this morning, this isn't a a complex message You're not going to have to do a lot of filling in the blanks necessarily. But I want to help uncover for you four truths related to the open invitation that Jesus offers. And truth number one is this, anyone is welcome. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, anyone is welcome. Now here's the catch. In America, 2013, anyone almost never means anyone. Am I right? You'll hear a politician say, anyone can be a millionaire. Well, can anyone really be a millionaire? I I don't know. You may open up your newspaper and you may see a car dealer that says, anyone drives. Well, does anyone drive or do people that have acceptable credit and acceptable cash and the ability to sign on the dotted line? Is that how they define anyone? And I don't know about you, but when I see a commercial like that, When I view something along those lines, I almost always find myself saying, what's the catch? Have you ever asked that question, what's the catch? Anyone, what's the catch? So what's the catch with Jesus? When Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. What's the catch? What's the catch with anyone? You know, Jesus, we don't think of Jesus as a rabbi. I don't necessarily think of him as a rabbi, but he was. He was a teacher. And in the first century world, and really for much of history, the position of rabbi was a position of high esteem. And students um, would flock to rabbis, and they would really cast aside their entire life in order to follow in the footsteps of their rabbi. And a rabbi would develop a a school of students, we'd call them uh, Talmids, And these Talmuds would spend literally the rest of the month or the rest of several months or in most cases several years following after this rabbi. They wouldn't just come to church at 8.15 on Sunday morning and hear some songs and an awesome special from the choir and the offering plate is passed and the preacher screams at them and then they go home for the rest of the week. That's not what it was like at all. They were with the rabbi literally 24-7. It was on the job training. And we have that in our world a little bit today with the whole internship process. We're going to have an intern this fall. His name is Colin Mattingly. He's from Washington, Indiana, and he's going to be living in Clinton, hopefully with one of you. He's going to be eating in Clinton. He's going to spend time doing what I do and what Adam does and what Jim does and what Kent does, trying to get some real on-the-job training. But here's the catch. 
If you were a really sought-after rabbi, you typically had the pick of the litter, so to speak, in terms of who you would select to be your students. And I'm going to make the case that Jesus Christ was the greatest rabbi that ever lived, so you would think that he would be able to, to, to grab a hold of the smartest of the smart, the brightest of the bright, those who had achieved more than anyone else. I mean, his Talmud had to be head and shoulders above all the other Talmuds in the first century world, right? Well, maybe not so much. Because if you read through the gospel account and you look at who Jesus said, come and follow me, it wasn't necessarily a who's who's list of academic achievement or a who's who list of financial affluence. You look at the people that Jesus said, come and follow after me. He selected a tax collector. His name was Levi. He became Matthew. Tax collectors were considered the scum of the earth. And Jesus said, leave it and come follow me. Be with me. He saw common fishermen, just average guys. I'm not talking about Clinton Lake kicking back, trying to catch a couple of largemouth bass type of fishermen. I'm talking about career fishermen out all night trying to catch fish. Very, very average in terms of the occupation of the day. And many of the disciples that Jesus said, come and follow after me, that was their credential. They were fishermen. Jesus went out and, and grabbed a political radical. We don't know a whole lot about him, but my guess is he was a protester. He probably didn't like the Romans. He probably didn't like the political system of the day. His name was Simon the Zealot, and Jesus said, come be a part of my group. And when I see that unfold, I ask myself the question, did Jesus really mean anyone when he said, if anyone will come after me? And I think maybe he did. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus meant that anyone is welcome. And that's good news for you and for me. Truth number two. Not only is anyone welcome, but anyone means everyone. Anyone means everyone. Back to America in 2013. I think America in 2013 is all about qualifications. When I found out that First Christian Church of Clinton was looking for a preacher six and a half years ago, my contact was Bob Phillips. And Bob Phillips said, put together your resume. And I put together my resume. And I talked about my bachelor's degree and my master's degree. And I was president of the Illinois Christian Teen Convention. Nobody really cares, but it went on the resume. I talked about the fact I was an EMT at one point. I talked about the fact that I've done this and I've done that. You know what I didn't put on my resume? I didn't put on my resume that time when I was 16 years old and I got caught on my high school band trip drinking and I got suspended for three days. That didn't go on the resume. I didn't put that there. I didn't put on the resume the time that I was driving too fast for conditions and slammed into a tree, and the tree fell on top of my car, and the ambulance came, and the fire trucks came. I, I didn't put that on my resume because I wanted to look as polished and as professional, and um, I wanted to give you, the leaders of the church, the idea that I can handle this. I have achieved. In America 2013, it's all about qualifications. But when Jesus said anyone, Jesus meant everyone. 
Jesus said, I don't really care about your qualifications. I don't really care about your GPA. I don't really care about what you uh, scored on the ACT. I don't care about your work history. I don't care what your references have to say. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. In Luke chapter 19, one of the great, great um, transformations in the entire New Testament, Jesus is journeying and, and he goes through a village and the chief tax collector was a guy by the name of Zacchaeus, the wee little man. A wee little man was he. And Zacchaeus, this wee little man, was hated by everybody because he was unbelievably rich. The text tells us that he was the chief tax collector and that's what that meant basically is he had a license to steal. If you came in and you owed a certain amount on the taxes, he had the authority with no ramifications to double that or to triple that or to forgive it. He could do anything that he wanted to. And the tax collectors, but especially Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, had an incredibly awful reputation. And Jesus said, I'm coming to your house today. And I guarantee you, the crowds, as they were looking around, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. They couldn't believe what they were hearing. My guess is some people said, well, if he's going to hang out with a guy like Zacchaeus, I want no part of it. He's the scum of the earth. He's a cheat. I know people he has personally harmed. And the reality is Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I want you on my team. Come, I'm going to your house today. And you remember Zacchaeus' response? Did he say, ah, I've got some people to cheat. I'm sorry. I've got some money to make. What did he say? He was cut to the heart. He was moved beyond words. And he said, I'm going to pay back anyone that I've cheated four times. And I'm going to give half that I have to the poor. This was a rich, wealthy man. When Jesus said anyone, Jesus meant everyone. So here's where I bring it to our church today, 2013. Does our church reflect an invitation to everyone? Is everyone really welcome? Do we embrace a no qualifications theology? Or do we have in our minds that certain people belong and certain people do not? I hope, I pray that First Christian Church of Clinton is a place that anyone and everyone is welcome. I've had people share with me, I don't think I can come back to church because this has happened in my life or this has happened in my family or I'm going through this crisis. We're all broken people. We've all missed the mark. We all spend time on the mountaintops and we all spend time down in the valleys. We have to embrace the idea that everyone is welcome. Everyone needs the Lord. I hope, I pray that that is who we are as a church. Truth number three. No qualifications means no excuses. No qualifications means no excuses. I want you to think real hard right now of a time that you really felt like somebody maybe in leadership here, or even better than that, maybe the Lord himself was calling you, was prodding you, was pushing you to go a little bit deeper in your faith, to go a little bit deeper in your Christian service, 
to go a little bit deeper in your life as a Christ follower. And an excuse popped in your mind. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. Maybe you were here and you heard Barbo Donahue and Jack Swanson talk about the great things that are happening in places like Africa and, and Chile. And you thought to yourself, man, that'd be, that'd be awesome if I could go and be a part of that and I could experience that. And then excuses started to really build up. Or, or maybe you're really regular in your attendance at church, but that's kind of all you're doing. You're not plugged into a Bible study. You're not plugged into uh, some sort of a growth opportunity, a group that's going to help you grow. And you thought, I need to do that. And then an excuse kind of popped in. And the reality for Jesus, Luke 9, 23, is that because there's no qualifications, there are no excuses. There are absolutely no excuses Think about it for just a moment. Think about the type of a person that God used in his word to change his world. Think about it. We think of these people, we call them the, the heroes of the faith, and we really have them puffed up in, in many ways, in our minds. We think that they were these giants spiritually, that they prayed 24-7, and they, they, they always were fasting, and they always did everything that, that they were called to do. Well, just look at this list, and Ben, try to keep up. This is going to be pretty quick here. Look at who God used. Abraham lied. Sarah laughed at God's promises. Moses stuttered. David's armor didn't fit. John Mark was rejected by Paul. Timothy had ulcers. Jacob was a liar. David had an affair. Solomon was too rich. Many of the prophets and disciples were too poor. Abraham, he was too old. David, he was too young. Peter was afraid of death. Lazarus was dead himself. John was self-righteous. Naomi was a widow. Paul was a murderer. So was Moses. Jonah ran from God. Miriam was a gossip. Gideon and Thomas, they doubted. Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal. Elijah was burned out. John the Baptist was a loudmouth. Martha was a worry wart. Mary may have been lazy. Samson was a moral failure, and he even had long hair. Mo Noah got drunk. Did I mention that Moses had a short fuse? And so did Peter and Paul and lots of folks. You read through the Bible, and not a one of them had it all together except Jesus. And he was the Son of God. He was fully God, fully man. When Jesus says, anyone is welcome to come after me, Jesus means anyone. So what's your excuse? Sexual past? Jesus says anyone. Ex-con? Jesus says anyone. Inmate? Jesus says anyone. Recently divorced? Anyone. Legalist? Anyone alcoholic anyone pothead anyone currently complacent spiritually anyone addict anyone hypocrite anyone if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me well anyone is welcome Anyone means everyone. No qualifications means no excuses. And finally, it's anyone, but it's everything. And maybe that's the catch. Maybe if you're looking for a catch, maybe that's the catch. It's anyone, 
but it's everything. The church has failed in modern day in making Christianity sound so easy. And it's tough at times to be a Christ follower. There's a price you pay at times for being a Christ follower. And Jesus said, I want anyone. I'll take anyone. But it's everything. Tuesday marked the 68th anniversary of one of the darkest days in modern Christianity. One of my heroes of the faith, a man by the name Diedrich Bonhoeffer, was executed on April 9, 1945. And just as a side note, there is an incredible biography, new, new biography in the last year on Bonhoeffer that I can't recommend highly enough. Bonhoeffer was there when the Nazis took power, and he was one of the very first to say something's not right. And when the Nazis took over the church, they, and a lot of people don't know that, they took over the church, they infiltrated the church, they really, they shut down the message. He uh, helped form what's called the Confessing Church. And the Nazis continued to punish him and keep him from serving Christ with everything. And so for a while he fled to America, and for a while he fled to London, and in the midst of that, he realized that God had called him to be a preacher, to be a theologian, to be a difference maker in Germany. And he went back and was put in a concentration camp. And just three weeks before Germany was liberated, was executed because he preached Christ. And my favorite phrase that he has shared, and he has many, is this. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And we talk about death a lot. We have a cross in our sanctuary. But friends, that's where the rubber hits the road. When I see stories like Diedrich Bonhoeffer, when I read accounts of people that literally gave up everything because their relationship with Jesus Christ was most important, I'm reminded I can't settle for fan. I'm called to be a follower of Christ. I intentionally put these jerseys out here today at this location under the foot of the cross because I have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Will we settle for fan or will we accept the call of Jesus to deny and to take up the cross daily and to follow one of the great songs of all time that is hard for me to sing every time we sing it is the hymn, I Surrender All. I'm going to put the words up on the screen. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. In his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Can you sing that song? Can you sing it and mean it? Anyone is welcome. It's anyone, but it's everything. And so the bottom line this morning is this. The greatest teacher 
whoever lived says to you, come follow me. Says to you, come be one of my students. What's your answer? Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for just the powerful, powerful call that Jesus offers each and every one of us. And in a world of fans, I'm reminded more than ever this week that we're called to be followers. It doesn't matter how smart we are. It doesn't matter the baggage in our past. It doesn't matter the struggles that we're facing this morning at 9, 10 a.m. It doesn't matter. Jesus said anyone. And so my prayer this morning is that We'll never settle for fandom. We'll never settle for surface. We'll never settle for cultural Christian. But we'll deny ourselves. Take up our cross every day. And follow your son Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We're going to do our invitation a little differently today. You're not going to stand, and you're not going to sing. The chimes have come, and they are going to play for us another of just the excellent, excellent worship songs. Seek ye first. Matthew 6.33.